It's Holly Taylor. Yes, only one part of Why Me Project, uh, Johnny Rocket, is still away. So we want to go back into the vault. We are going to do another rerun this week, as this time four years ago. Yes, that's how long we have been a podcast, over four years. We had an incredible conversation with none other than Michael W. Smith. So sit back, relax. It's episode 28 from The Vault. The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Episode number... 28. 28. <laughs> 28? Or not 28. That is the question. That's <laughs> what happens in Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I ate 28 too much. Oh, goodness. Terrible. Close to 30. True. And there were times in life when I thought, will we ever make 30? Well, we're not there yet. Let's not put the cart before the horse. True. But I think we'll do it. <laughs> Positive enough. <laughs> Speaking of positivity, we do want to thank everybody who has taken the time to write a review to let us know what they think of the podcast. Now, you could subscribe anytime or send us emails. It is whymeproject at outlook.com. So a big thank you going on to Fiona. She sent us an email. She said, I really enjoyed the podcast. It is fun, funny, and yet insightful. I always enjoy the tough questions and love that you go in depth. I catch myself saying, holy, ask this, or Johnny, do that, and you do. Thank you for being open and so much fun, Fiona. I'm glad that we can be your puppet. Mm-hmm. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it does. Okay, so not very often do we get a, uh, a legend Yes. A uh, a pioneer of Christian music. Yes. Is that being too bold? No, I don't think so at all. You know him, some know him as MWS. Mm-hmm. Some know him as Mr. Smith. Some as Michael W. Smith. Let's be honest, Holly wasn't really sure what do we call you. <laughs> <laughs> Just call me Michael. Call me Smitty. You know, whatever. So. <laughs> all right. Lifelong goal. Smitty, or nah, Mr. Michael W. Smitty. <laughs> Let's kick it off with this because we like to ask the skill testing question. Who is Michael and where did you come from? Well, I was, uh, I'm a musician, a singer, and I came from West Virginia. I was born and raised, and I have an incredible mom and dad, one sibling, and um, here I am after this crazy dream came true to sort of try to make a mark in music. So pretty uh overwhelming and i'm grateful did you ever in a million years imagine that you would have had such an impactful career no i i I don't i mean you know you're always confident you know at least for me i was confident that this is what i was supposed to do but i didn't know success meant i'm going to be successful in in the state that i was that i lived in or was it going to be global i mean there's no way to predict any of that And, and when i look back at the journey and and, and all the places I've been and the things I've gotten to do, I mean, there's no, there's simply no way you could ever orchestrate any, any of that. So uh, I just think it's all part of God's plan. We all have a story, you know, where we're all right in the middle of it. When did you come to the realization that music was quite a passion for you? Uh, when I was 15 years old. It's really where I just knew that that's what I was supposed to do. I, you know, I was a big athlete. I was writing music all growing up and playing piano in, in church and in the choir. But I also was a, a big baseball player. And I had a, a great passion for, for that game. And then 15 years old, I didn't make the All-Stars for the first time, you know. And and I remember it's the second time I, uh, second time I only ever walked down the aisle at my church. Ten years old when I realized that Jesus really was who he said he was. And that was like an epiphany. And, um, you know, my life forever changed on that day. And then 
five years later, I walked down the aisle and told my pastor, I said, look, I think I'm supposed to, I think music is supposed to be the part of the fabric of my life, and I think that's the call of God in my life. Would you just pray for me? I, I don't even know how to get there or what the first step is, but I just need some wisdom. And and he prayed for me, and I've been on that journey ever since. That was a long time ago. Was Christian, like, when you, you know, decided that music was your career, was Christian music kind of the thing, or did you just want to do music? I had just discovered kind of really what Christian music, you know, it was really at the very, very beginning. I mean, I, mean, I remember picking up an LP, of all places, in my home down at some thrift shop. I don't know how the record ever got there, but it was called the Everlasting Living Jesus Music Concert. And if I'm not mistaken, it was the very first Maranatha record that came out you know, from California, and it had a big red Maranatha thing on this white cover, and I turned it onto the back, and all, and all these songs were about Jesus, and all these people had long hair, you know, <laughs> and I'm thinking, this is cool, you know. Um, you know, I grew up on Elton John and the Beatles, to na- just to name a few, and as I continued to write, I was writing all this pop music, but I was talking about my faith, and, and I thought, well, gosh, why can't I do that, you know, so... Just kept writing that kind of music, you know, because what I grew up on. And a lot of people says I'm a pioneer, and I'm really not. I mean, it was the, you know, it was Randy Stonehill and Larry Norman and Love Song and all those groups that came out of the '70s. Phil Kagan, all that music had had a tremendous impact on my life. So when I moved to Nashville, Christian music was really kind of fairly new, honestly. When it comes to you and your your career, I mean, you've had a chance to travel and, you know, be a part of, I mean, really the growth of what Christian music is. How has that weighed on on your family being on the road and being away? Well, I mean, everybody made a sacrifice for sure, but we made some rules. Debbie and I knew that there was a possibility that we could be a casualty, and we decided we're not going to be a casualty. And so we made rules. You know, we just said, I'm not going to be gone more than two weeks ever. Even if I have to cross the pond and come back, I'm not going to be away from my family more than two weeks, and I stuck to it. It paid off, you know, and I, I think if you could interview my kids and talk to them about that, I think they all, I think all five of them would tell you that they, that they were more important to me than my career. I love that. We actually live in a community here where a lot of families, the dads have to go up north to work for long stretches of time. So uh, there's a lot of families here that have to deal with that separation, even though they're not in the music world. So um, having the rules, that's a, that's a really cool way of looking at, you know, surviving time away from your spouse when it's extended period of time. And I know people have to be gone for a long time. And now, with, you know, I mean, you know, technology has got its, it's got its negatives and it's got its positives. And the positive is you can... You know, you, you can Skype, you can jump on your iPhone and, and, do, and do a little FaceTime with your family, which really makes a huge difference. But, you know, being present was just important. And I know people have got to work through, you know, through all that when, when, you know, especially fathers have to be away just providing for their families. I totally get that. I wish we had a chance to talk to your kids because I would ask, have your kids ever used you and your name as street cred? <laughs> uh, I would say no. I think they would say no. I think they kind of keep it low. They don't really talk about it much. Not that they don't. Not that they're not proud of their dad or whatever. But they don't. They don't go out and say, "Oh, I'm the whatever. I'm the daughter of Michael W. Smith." You know. I mean, a lot of people discover who they are, and they go. They don't deny it. You know. Wait a minute. Is your dad Michael W. Smith? And they go, "Yeah, that's my dad." It's it's not a big deal. I'm just dad. I'm a. I'm, I'm just. I'm just dad and husband and pretty normal guy in my hometown. I totally would have used it. I would have said, hey, my homework is late, but my dad signed off on it. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so was was there um, your kids going into the to the music industry? Your kids having music career was that ever a big talk? We never talked about it. I mean, I always encourage. I mean, my, all my kids are musicians and filmmakers and actors. Honestly, they all we all had this. I mean, I had a hard time even finding time to get on the grand piano in my house because somebody was always playing it, you know? But I just, I'd never, you know, I said, look, I, I might have said something, you know what, I have no expectations for you guys to follow in my footsteps. Actually, I probably would rather you not follow me because <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough road, you know? And But but whatever you want to do, you want to be an accountant, you want to do this, you want to I'm going to support you guys in whatever you want to do. And, you know, I got two boys and three girls, and now the, the girls are 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 busy being moms, but they all sing and and have just tremendous talent. And then my two boys are one's a filmmaker and one is uh, scores films. She's a composer, so that's kind of fun. And I've gotten to work with my kids too. I've gotten to work with all of my kids on different projects throughout my career, which has really been awesome. I've heard that being a parent is an amazing thing, but being a grandparent is even better. What's your take on it? Yeah, gosh, oh my word. <laughs> oh, I've got 14 grandkids, which is just, you know, I sort of like stop myself in my tracks when I say that because it's just so hard to believe, you know. You know, I just didn't realize the joy. Everybody talks about, hey, grandkids, you know, we should have had them before the kids. You know, you get to send them back and spoil them. But, you know, and there's some truth to that, but just the joy, just the joy of these kids running and jumping up in your arms. They call me G Daddy. <laughs> you, know, you know, and I've never, you know, we got one in particular, but all of them, you know, I'll come home from a trip, and there'll be some spending the night, and I'll walk through that door, and literally, I can just see Harper. She says, G Daddy, runs so hard, and she literally leaps into my arms. I'm going, how good is it? It didn't get any better than that, you know? So uh, it's a good season for us. It's really, really beautiful, and we're just very grateful. Does one retire from music? Does one hang up the guitar? Have you thought about maybe taking a, a step back and, you know, in the pursuit of what you're doing? I don't think so. Hmm. I, I just, I feel like, I just sense the best days are ahead. I, it's crazy to say that. I just do. I, I feel like, I've, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm sort of like, I feel like I'm hitting in my sweet spot maybe better than I ever have. I think there's fewer distractions. I think that's helped the process my kids have all grown up you know so i don't feel the i don't feel the pull to just uh, juggling back and forth career and kids and and then i feel like i don't have anything to prove and i really don't care what people think anymore you know on some level and and then you just realize as you get older and hopefully a little wiser that it's not about you you know mm -hmm. and so there's this there's this beautiful place that i'm at and just this freedom to go I'm going to go explore. I'm going to go take some risk. And if I fail, it's going to be a great ride. And I'm, I'm not going to get upset if I do fail. You know what I'm saying? So I, I can't explain it, but boy, I feel like I'm soaring like an eagle. And it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Does traveling around the world, does playing shows, does that ever get old? No, it doesn't. It doesn't when you realize what you're singing about and what you're talking about. Somebody's life is going to completely change. On that particular night, somebody's the light bulb is going to go off, and they're going to go, "Oh my gosh, this thing really is true." It completely changes the direction of your life for the good. You know, when that stuff is happening every night, why should it ever get boring, and why should it ever get old? It just doesn't for me. And then I feel like I'm hitting in my sweet spot 
better even when it comes to those kind of things and what I'm talking about every night. I'm talking about the Father, Heart, God, and the destiny on people's lives and, and just speaking that over people. And I just think it connects. So that's why it didn't get old and, and never will. Johnny and I love the idea of, of why me moments in lives, because um, sometimes people ask why me when things aren't going well. But then it's also on the other side where you're kind of just in awe and humbled that God has chosen you for the task that you are, you're doing for him. I was just wondering if you had any one of those sorts of moments where you're just like, wow, why me? Yeah, all the time, every day. <laughs> <laughs> every day I go, God, I'm so unqualified. I'm just like, you know, I'm just so unqualified. I mean, I always go, what What were you thinking, you know? You know what, he qualifies the unqualified, you know? And I just have to just, you know, I just have to just keep my heart pure. And I have to wake up every day. And I just, I literally wake up every day and go, God, help me. Help me. Help me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, uh, oh God. You know, create me a clean heart. Give me a new start today. Let me keep my mind stay on you. and Help me keep my focus and... You know, keep my mind stayed on you because you said if I will keep my mind stayed on you, you keep me in perfect peace. And so you just pray those scriptures over yourself, you know. And so that's kind of what I do every day. And then, you know, hopefully they'll, you know, fall in, a, in the gutter somewhere. And uh, but just try to just stay focused and stay on task and have a lot of fun doing it. There are probably some days that you, you know, you're tired or you just don't want to go on stage. or But then you'll have somebody come up to you after a show and say, Michael, um, this song did this to me, or you'll never guess how you played a major role in my life. How do you respond to something like that? Well, I say thank you. I mean, I'm, and when I say thank you, it's, it's always, I feel like it's, it's, it's the right response, but it really wasn't about me. I was just a conduit, you know. I mean, it's just, it really does take your breath away. I mean, I People come up and just say, you, you literally saved my life. I, I came to know Christ at your big picture tour in 1986. You know? <laughs> it's like, well, and I just go, I just go, wow. I would, I, and I just go, that's, that's amazing. I'm, and, they, and they say, and thank you. And, I, and what do you say? I, I have to say, thank you. I mean, I'm glad I was able to be used in your encounter with the God of the universe. That's incredible. Hmm. Well, you mentioned that you are in a, a bit of a sweet spot in life, and you're excited for what ha- is coming up next. So what is coming up next? Well, I'm finishing up a, this record next week. I've been working on this pop record for most of the year, and feel like it might be one of the best things I've done in a long, long time. And I have to be finished next week. So when I jump off this uh, Canadian run, I go right back into the studio for three days to sign off on all these songs. That record comes out February 16, and then I'm doing a. I haven't really told very many people. I mentioned it last night, but I'm doing a worship justice project that which will be recorded live. Yeah, it's a worship record, but it's just more focused on just unity. What you know, sometimes I feel like worship music has become so commercialized now, and I feel like in some ways we sort of lost our way just a little bit. And, and I'm not. This is not a judgment against anybody else. There's a lot of amazing things happening out there when it comes to vertical worship. But I just, you know, I just have this whole vision of going, what would God's house look like if we walked into God's house? What if God invited us over for dinner or invited us over to sing a few songs? What what kind of people would be there? I think you would have the CEO of some big corporation. I think you'd have the prostitute. You'd have the homeless man. You'd have the rich and the poor, and you'd have the handicapped person who's been handicapped since birth. You know, you would have every tribe, you'd have every nation, you would have Asian, you would have white, black, brown, 
you'd have them all. They'd all be in the room. That's my goal for that night, that all those people would be in that one room. And that's what we're going to do. And that record will come out February 23, one week after the pop record. They come out back-to-back weeks, which sounds completely insane. <laughs> which, you know, if you can't find me, I'll be at the hospital with an IV hooked up to my arm. So. <laughs> if there's anybody who could do it, though, it's probably you. Yes. <laughs> well, I have a lot of help. and There's been a lot of prayer in this whole thing. And, and everybody that I share the vision with, they just leap. They just backflips and going, wow, this is what I've wanted to be a part of for, for so long. So everybody's buying into it. They believe in it. And it looks like it's going to be an incredible evening. And we just hope all that translates when, it, when it's recorded. You know, we're going to film it, but we're not filming it professionally because I don't want jibs flying around. You know, this is not for this is not a show. This is it's got to be. It, it'll be shot documentary style. You know, just very grainy, very raw. But just we don't want cameras in the way. We just really want this thing to. We want to create space. And what I think the worship record, the very first worship record that I did, we just created space that night. And that's why I think that thing. Even when you listen to it now, there was just something about that record. I mean, things happened by mistake. There were songs on that record that were not even on the set list. So we're just going to let it ebb and flow see where it takes us. I'm excited about that. February going to be a big month. Again, the 16th and 23rd. You can uh, see him on Twitter. It's Michael W. Smith on Instagram, M.W. Smith Official. Uh, Some call him Smitty. Some call him M.W.S. Some call him Michael. I call him (laughs) G-Daddy. I appreciate you taking the time, my friend. You're very welcome. Thank you so much. Great to see you guys last night. You know, it truly was incredible. And something about the guy, it's, it's... timeless it's mm-hmm. something he just doesn't grow old no he doesn't in fact i i wanted to and i forgot i should have asked him what's his secret to looking so youthful he probably would have said oil valet twice a day <laughs> probably do you remember the commercial from back in the day oh do i ever <laughs> the thing about michael though or mr again i still don't know what to what to call him is that he has not only impacted people who listen to him but all the artists in that as well oh yeah for sure his impact is quite extensive I even think back to even a couple weeks ago where we had a chance to talk to uh, Greg Sykes and he brought up Michael W. Smith. Michael W. Smith ended up saying, why don't you come to my church and and lead worship? And so I went and led worship at his church. There he was in the front row holding his granddaughter while I'm leading worship in his church. I'm shaking like a leaf, you know. I couldn't imagine how that would be, but I would definitely be nervous. Oh, for sure. Here you are leading worship and there in front of you is Michael W. Smith. Think about how many artists maybe that we've talked to, we've interviewed that have had, Michael has had an impression on them. Yeah, probably most. Now, I was thinking we should maybe play a bit of a game today. Okay. And then we're actually going to make a, uh, a phone call, an updated phone call. Yes. But the game that I thought was, if you think about a number of artists who we grew up and kind of were the pioneers or the legends of our industry... I was thinking Stephen Curtis Chapman, mm-hmm. Amy Grant, yes. Michael W. Smith, mm-hmm. and Jeff Moore. Okay. I want you to tell me the year that their first album came out. Oh, no. Okay. You know me and I, my love for trivia. I know. Okay. Can I use my phone? No. Can I call a friend? No, you cannot call a friend. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Who came out with an album first? Oh, out of all of them? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, you only have four uh, options here. Amy? She did. What yes. year? Um, 80, 90. I'm oh, trying to think like my first recollection of her is Heart in Motion or Baby Baby. 
baby, baby. I'm taking no. <laughs> the notion. Woo! <laughs> I don't know. What year? Uh, 91, no, 87, really? keep going. 85, 81. No, keep going. 70s? Yes. Oh, snap. 76. Ooh, close. 78? No, one down. 77. You are right. Good job, Molly. <laughs> oh, you're not good at this game. Uh, uh, n- number two, who is second on that list? I want to say Michael W. Smith. You are correct. What year? 79? No, it was in the 80s. 81. No, a little closer. 80. No, higher. Two. No, one more. Three. Yeah, you're right. Good job, Holly. <laughs> Two left. Whose album came first, Jeff Moore or Stephen Curtis Chapman? Jeff Moore. You are correct. What year? 84. Boom on the nose. Woo! Okay. I'm sweating. Stephen Curtis Chapman was the last one. Okay. What year? I want to say 88. Ooh, close. 87. I was going to go with 87, too. (laughs) Thanks for playing. I failed. You win nothing. Where's that bump, 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 (laughs) Now, if you do rate and review, we can get to that at the end of this, but if you do rate and review, Holly will give you... Nope. Five bucks. Sure won't. No? You I was going to, you were going to win five bucks from this. Oh, no, you just, you make it sound like I'm such a, a mean person whenever you say that and I say no. No, it just means that you're frugal. Okay. Right? Does that make more sense? <laughs> sure. All right. So if you listen back and we encourage you to do that when you subscribe, you can tell friends and listen all the way back to uh, episode number two. We had a chance to uh, talk with some good friends of ours. Yeah. Uh, to the guys from The Color, Jordan Jansen and James Shields. And as we went through their why me moments, one of the big struggles that Jordan and his wife were dealing with was uh, having a baby. Yeah. And so we thought after hearing some news, we don't want to give it away, although I feel like this is giving it away. I know, right? We wanted to make a phone call to our good friends. We want an update. They're hearing rumors. Let's find out if they're rumors. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Wonderful. How are you? I am doing very well. Okay, yeah, so we... here, here's the purpose of this phone call. Okay. Um, months back, uh, you and James took some time and you know, did our podcast on the YME Project. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Part of that, we talk about the highs and the lows and the hills and the valleys, and you were kind of talking about the whole baby situation. Totally. That's great. Well, yeah, I mean, when we connected last, we were kind of going through this process of IVF, which is in vitro fertilization. We uh, went through that process, my wife and I, back in April and we are expecting in January, Yay! which is incredibly exciting. Yeah. So how Thank nervous you. are you now? <laughs> I, don't, I haven't been sleeping in lately, so I don't know, totally know why, but maybe that's it. It's practice. Think, uh, <laughs> I'm so excited about it. There's a reality that just for what we do and our jobs of traveling around, there's a reality that I am just very curious and somewhat uh, leery about how that's all going to go, just being away from home. But... Uh, at the same time, I, I think that God has provided up until this point, and He's going to continue to do so. So I'm really excited. I'm excited to be a dad. I'm excited that we're having a daughter. We're having a girl. And uh, I've kind of always had this picture in my head whenever talking about having kids of having a daughter. So sappy, yes, but I'm still excited about it. I just would like to go on the record to say Holly is a fantastic girl's name. Well, Johnny's a good girl's name, too. <laughs> We'll see where we land. Maybe we can come up with some sort of combo. Jolly. All John. <laughs> Jolly. I don't know. But Definitely so, something that needs to be talked about, though. 
Oh, the, for sure. <laughs> the other amazing thing, though, is that you're not going through this alone. Totally. Because you have uh, a band member who might be dealing with the same situation? <laughs> yeah. He's not here right at the moment, but he is. He, James and his wife are expecting for March, and so it's a new season for the band as a whole. Um, yeah, it's going to be, we're doing January, they're doing March, so I'm pretty excited to see how that unfolds. We're, we're already planning our arranged marriage because uh, <laughs> they're having a boy. Oh, are they really? So. Johnny's another really good name. <laughs> there you go. So we have a place for both no. of your names. <laughs> so other than that, is there any other updates? Are we missing anything? Um, are you missing anything? I, I think you've, you've got it all kind of figured out. We've got a new album that just came out on October the 20th. We hope you check it out. And we're so excited to share it. We hope you check it out and share it with your friends and your family and your enemies. It's a great way to <laughs> reconcile. And then we're going to be touring a lot in the spring, believe it or not, even though babies are coming. we got to provide. So we're going to be hitting the road March, April, May, planning that right now, actually. So we're going to let you know as soon as we know how that's all going to look. But, yeah, exciting times for us. Just feel like it's a, it's a good season, a season of joy. And uh, we're excited to go out and share the second part of the stories that we've been sharing over the last little while and how God has been working. So it's good things. Good things indeed. I mean, it's so exciting to get the update from Jordan and James are having babies in in spring, love tour babies. And uh, it's just nice to see that, you know, with our podcast, The Why Me Project, life just keeps moving on. I mm. mean, we have hills, we've got valleys. They had a valley now, you know, they'll have a different kind of valley with, you know, sleepless nights. But, you know, they've got their little babies that are coming up uh, in the new year. Uh, Nate Kuhorn, who was our first podcast, him and his wife just announced that they're having a little baby boy. Baby number two. Yeah, coming up in 2018. Um, and just different things are happening as as march as life keeps marching on no it's good and and i mean the thing is is that we're always dealing with them and that's why we love something like this because we can we're we've been catching people at those at those peak moments Mm -hmm. at those mountaintops we're also catching people sometimes in those valleys and they'll say listen i don't have the answers right now because i'm still in it yeah i'm not able to give you you know this is how i can get out of it because i don't know how to get out of it right and so we also appreciate everybody who's been sending us, hey, you know, this is somebody who I'd like to hear from or, you know, you guys have done a lot of artists. What about uh, motivational speakers or athletes or insert whoever here? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even looking ahead over the next couple of weeks, um, VN, who is a motivational speaker and was just what, Miss Wheelchair Canada? Yeah, and had a chance to go to Poland to represent our nation. We'll have her coming up. Uh, for the first time ever, we'll have a family, uh, another family member. Yes. We had uh, Sheila Ray Gregoire. We're going to have her daughter. Yeah, mother-daughter duo. And then, not to mention the fact that we talked about Nate Kuhorn and the Edmonton Eskimos. We've uh, reached out to our good friend uh, Brent Cassian, also known as... Uh, Chappie. Chappie, <laughs> who is the chaplain for the Edmonton Eskimos. So we'll hopefully have him coming up in the uh, coming weeks as well. Yeah, so lots of great Wyoming moments still to come. If there is somebody that you want to hear, if you want to continue, tell your friends, subscribe. Do that on Apple Podcast. Uh, one of the other big things that we talk about is the emails. Anytime that you email, anytime you send us a message, whether it's on our own Twitters or at Project or Project at Outlook.com, we try to respond as, as quickly as we possibly can because we just are very appreciative of uh, you taking the time and letting us know the things that you really love or maybe the peaks and valleys that you're going through. Mm-hmm. We love hearing your stories. So make sure you download and do all that good stuff. Subscribe because without you... Well, we'd just be talking to ourselves. Yeah, pretty much, which we do anyway. But yes, why? 
<laughs> Head to facetalktoday.com for more. So grateful that we had the opportunity to talk with none other than Michael W. Smith right here on the Why Me Project. We'll have reruns every once in a while, um, but next week we're going to have a brand new episode. So get ready for that. Get your subscribe buttons working, and we will see you again next week.